beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. We are after the ending. Welcome, everybody. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And uh, yes, it's another year. Uh, this is our first episode of 2023. Uh, not our first episode ever, though. We've done a lot of them now. Uh, what year are we in, Phil? You remember what year we started? 2016? Um, 2016 or 2017. I lose track of time. The whole yeah. uh, pandemic made me go, what year is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we lost like a year to the pandemic too, I think. Um, but yeah, we started back in like 2017, maybe. That sounds about right. So what, six years now? We're going to our sixth year. So okay, yeah. welcome to everybody, whether you're a new viewer, listener, or a returning listener or viewer. Uh, we are happy to have you here. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a big episode tonight. It's a special episode tonight, right? Because as, is. as we know, Phil, right, we're the most unpredictable uh, show on the on the internet. Uh, as That's right. So to be totally unpredictable, we're going to do our top ten films of 2022. Right, right. Something you never see a film podcast doing their top ten films of the year. I mean, who saw that coming? I dare say, no one. Yeah, if there's a bandwagon, it's it's got ahead of us, and we're just trying to catch up with it. That's right, that's right. Uh, but you're right, Phil. It is our top 10 episodes of 2022. Uh, this is a special episode. We, we usually do one of our typical after the endings, hence the name of the show. But tonight, because it's so big, we got 20 films to get through, theoretically, or 10, you know, 10 each, but there could be some overlap. But because of that, we're going to just focus on that. It's one of our special episodes of the year. We don't do an ending, but we have a lot of fun because we get to talk about contemporary films, uh, current films, you know, in the past year, and we usually with our endings, we try not to do films that have come out in less than the past five years because we want to give people a chance to see them before we spoil the endings of them. So it's always nice when we get a chance to kind of break out of that format a little bit, talk about films from the last year. So I'm very excited yeah. for us to share our lists. Me too. And who knows, maybe some of the films on our lists will end up being, will end up going after the ending in a few years' time. Who knows? That's right. That's right. And maybe they'll end up on your list. Maybe you will have seen some of these and you'll say, hey, I also love that film. Or maybe you'll say, I haven't seen that film yet, but I think I'm going to watch it. And then you'll watch it and you'll go, you know what? That was one of my top 10 films of 2022, now that you mention it. And I'm glad you did mention that, Mike, because that's a good point, a good moment for me to say, if you're watching this live on Facebook or YouTube, uh, you can leave a comment underneath the video or above it, however it shows on your app player, whatever. But you can comment on what your, whether you agree with us or what you thought of the films you mentioned. You can also list your your films as we mentioned them. You know, go ten nine. You can do that as well if you want. And we can throw them up on screen and comment on them as well. And either, you know, it just might add a few more films. And who knows? But join the conversation if you can. And if you leave a comment uh, when this has been posted after. Uh, we finished. We'll still see it, and we can still comment it on those things. But, uh, yeah, I would love to see some of your guys' top ten lists. So please feel free to share them in the comments, uh, live or after the fact, and uh, we'll see what everybody else is feeling this year, what their pulse on the movie scene was in 2022. Uh, so yeah, so that's our episode tonight. It's going to be fun. It's going to be big. It's going to be exciting, and it will be 
unpredictable because that is us. We are the most unpredictable show on the internet. <laughs> Remember back in the old days, Phil, we used to have all these catchphrases and we were like, somebody should make t-shirts out of these, like try the fish and all that stuff. I want somebody to make a t-shirt, an after the ending t-shirt that says the most, <coughs> excuse me, the most unpredictable show <coughs> on the internet. See, look, if I choke to death live on the air, that would be unpredictable, right? I mean, yeah. there's no two ways about that. The thing is, in rehearsal, in rehearsal, Mike, you did choke to death. Luckily, you had an EMT there to come and help you. Right. So, uh, I'm trying to find the mute button. Hang on a sec. Yeah. Joking aside, uh, long-term viewers and listeners will know that we do not rehearse in the slightest. Neither of us know ahead of time what the other one person's list is. So it's going to be a surprise for both of us. So if there's any overlap, especially if it's in the same uh, spot on the list, that's always a nice surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's nice. We like to keep things fresh and groovy. Oh no, I said groovy in an unironic way. <laughs> I apologize. It's all right. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be doing ten films that came out in 2022. Mm -hmm. And what did you think of the films in 2022, Mike? As, you as know, I, I thought it was a really strong year, actually. One, especially when I went back and looked at, at my list. Um, and I put together, you know, like kind of like my short list, right? And of, of all the films that I thought could be in my top 10. And uh, I think I had like 15 or 20 films. And that's pretty solid because there was a few years when we were doing the, the top 10 of every year in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years where I struggled to even find 10 movies I liked that much. You know, not many, admittedly, but there was a couple. Um, and I thought the fact that there was, you know, if there was 15 or 20 that I considered for my top 10, that means there was a significant number more that I still enjoyed, right? That just didn't make my top 10. Uh, or, you know, were consideration for it. So I thought that means, uh, you know, a, as a whole, it was a, a really strong year. How about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I, uh, I managed to see an awful lot of films from the year, which was great. And there was an awful, uh, a lot of really good ones. Uh, it was hard to do this list, which was mm -hmm. quite nice, because as, as you've said, in previous years, I've often been stuck with just a few I have have seen or there haven't been that many. But this one, uh, it, the list changed as it went, as the year went on. Uh, Lots of really good horror films as well, which uh, mm. was nice. Right. But, uh, yeah, I quite like the, the list I've got. I think I still stand by it because yeah. it's too late to change. But right. as, as always, though, there's still a few films which I didn't see in the air, which I would have liked to, whether it's because I just didn't get a chance to see them or they haven't yet come out in the UK. Right. Uh, so yeah, there's always a couple of those last yeah. minute, the year end films, the, the award contenders that I always feel a little guilty that like they put out these big movies at the end of the year. And sometimes I just can't get to them and they probably would have been on my list if I could have gotten to them. But we also don't want to wait until like mid-February to do this episode when nobody cares anymore. So it's a little bit of a, you know, catch 22 there. But um, yeah, I, I got to see a few towards the end of the year that I that I was happy to see enough to decide if they were good for consideration or not. Um, and yeah, I'm also pretty happy with my list. Um, a quick note for uh, longtime viewers. Uh, it looks like I don't have any hair. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast, don't just don't worry. It's an optical illusion. But I do have hair. I just had to move rooms tonight because I was having some Internet issues. So now I'm in my downstairs, one of my downstairs rooms where the, the, the wall color matches my hair quite significantly. So if my head looks oddly shaped and slightly lopsided and like I shaved it, it's not. It's just a there you go. See. <laughs> So I'm very self-conscious about stupid things, but that's one of them. So, um, all right. So shall we get into the list, Phil? We've been keeping people, wait, people waiting long enough. Shall we dive into the films? Let's right. get to it. And if any of you are going to leave comments, get your list ready as well and get ready to type. Right. Because right. we're going to be going through this right now. All right. Well, sir, would you like to start today or would you like me to start? You tell uh, me. I I will feel? start. I will start the list this time. Okay. All right. That sounds good. I like it. I like it, Phil. Take it. 
take the reins. Okay, here we go. Top 10 films of 2022. Uh, my number 10 is one uh, called Amsterdam, directed by David O. Russell. Uh, I would list the whole cast, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> but the main cast, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, and Anya Taylor-Joy, Mike Myers, Robert De Niro, and lots of other people. Mm-hmm. It's one of those ones. I have, David O. Russell does these films on occasion where he just gets loads of famous people, throws them all in, and sees what happens. I know lots of people didn't quite like this film or didn't quite hit. It's a long film. Uh, it's all about three friends during who've been in the World War One, and they all end up going to Amsterdam for this wonderful bohemian lifestyle with them. A couple of them return back to New York where they are doctors and lawyers, and they get involved in some kind of weird plot or conspiracy in 1933. Uh, it's all based on some real events which did happen. Uh, I won't go into too, uh, the de- I won't go into the plot in too much detail because I don't want to spoil it to you. But it's I can see why some people didn't like it. It's a it's a long and winding road to get to the end. The conspiracy itself is is a slow reveal, but I I just really liked I liked all the characters involved. It was all all a bit quirky, uh, a bit funny. I liked the interactions with them. The dialogue is nice and snappy as as it usually is when it's set in the thirties. Uh, I thought it looked gorgeous as well. The whole the whole, all the the mise en scene and the 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 street work, although probably lots of it is now CGI. But I, I like it when it's a, a historical uh, city. You know, we see uh, sorry New York City back in the past. That's all really great. I thought Christian Bale was the was the MVP of the film with his his eye prosthetic and just the way he's acting and he's always trying out drugs on himself. Uh, just made me laugh. I found it funny. I found it charming and. I just really like the way all the different characters came in and out and then turned up at later dates. I like Mike, Mike Myers and Michael Shannon's two characters, things like that. And I like the way it all wrapped up. It was uh, quite, it was just a lot of fun. And I, I didn't mind the fact it took its time and we spent time with different characters telling different things. But that's my number 10. It's Amsterdam. All right. Very good pick. Now, I will say this. I saw Amsterdam. I did not put it on my list. But Phil, do you think I liked it or do you think I didn't like it? I feel like this is one of those films that you probably can imagine I could go either way on. So what yeah, do you, uh, what do you think? I'm trying to think your previous ones, David or Russell. I think you you kind of liked it, but probably thought it was too long. <laughs> yeah, you you know me well. Um, I did actually like it. I liked it more than I expected to. I don't yeah. always love David O. Russell films. Uh, I like some of them quite a bit. Some of them I really don't like at all. I, I very hit or miss with him. Um, I really didn't like American Hustle, um, but uh, Solar Lightning's playbook is good, you know. But I, I enjoyed Amsterdam. Um, my big problem with it wasn't so much it was too long, uh, as I thought there was a little too much David O. Russell-ism uh, <laughs> in that I thought it was yeah. a little... He likes to make things a little quirky for quirkiness sake, yeah. which is not an aesthetic I care for. Um, and there's some parts like the part with like his war injuries was surprisingly graphic. And I felt like that was unnecessary. Um, and like, even the whole thing with his eyeball continually popping out, like just, it, it, it didn't further along the film in any way, shape or form. You know what I mean? I didn't, it didn't, to me, it didn't help develop the character. It didn't develop the film. It was just, I'm going to throw this kind of weird thing in so that once in a while we can make it happen and it's quirky and blah, blah, blah. But it didn't help the movie for a movie that was long. Right. So I think if you could have just taken out some of that stuff, I would have liked it a lot more. I did find the story surprisingly engaging. I thought all the cast was great. Um, so I did like it actually, but didn't make my list. Yeah, no problem. But uh, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. All right. My number 10 <clears throat> uh, is a surprise to me. 
Uh, and what I mean by that is this. Uh, when I was doing my list, I got to the number 10 spot. I had seven or eight movies left on my list. And I was surprised that this was the one I picked. Um, but I did. And I guess that tells you something about it. It is Father Stew, starring Mark Wahlberg uh, and Mel Gibson and Jackie Weaver, uh, written and directed by Rosalind Ross. It was not a particularly big release. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's a heck of a good film, largely in part to Mark Wahlberg's performance, um, which is phenomenal. And I don't, I guess the Oscars haven't been announced yet. I would like to see him get nominated for an Oscar for it. I don't know if he will or not, but he's utterly fantastic. So basically, it's kind of like a, a biopic. It is based on a real story. It's about this guy who is the classic definition of what you would call a ne'er-do-well. Um, just this, you know, kind of low-rent guy, kind of like, you know, scamming his way through life and, you know, uh, barely getting by, you know, and he meets this woman who's very, very Catholic, I believe, uh, very religious. And so he sort of decides to like, it starts off almost more of like a scam, right? Like he's going to pretend yeah, to be yeah. religious, but then he actually sort of does become religious. And so he actually enters or tries to enter the priesthood. Um, but of course they fight him because he's like this, you know, kind of nobody like they nobody takes thinks he's taking it seriously they don't take him seriously and so he kind of has to fight his way into the seminary and it's interesting because it's it's hard to explain i don't consider it a religious film like you think of your typical like faith-based films it's not about yeah. like trying to convince you to be religious or like you know god is great or all of that stuff it's about this guy who developed a faith and then had to fight against a lot of things to take it to the the, the level he wanted to take it to um, so like, I'm not a religious person, but I actually found this film to be really, really good. Uh, the, the, the father stew character is very charming. Mark, again, Mark Wahlberg's performance is phenomenal. I mean, just incredible. It starts off kind of like, yeah, this is Mark Wahlberg doing what he's done before. And then it, <laughs> yeah, it you know, right. it transforms and it's, it's beautiful. And I, I loved it, but it's, um, so if you're turned off by like, you know, stories about the church and stuff like that, don't be, cause it's not really about that, even though it's kind of about that. But it's more about the person and and his story and things like that. I just thought it was a really entertaining film, uh, which surprised me because that wasn't what I was expecting. But um, but yeah, I loved it. And like I said, I was a little surprised it made my number my number ten. But when I looked at all the films on the list that I had left, this was the one that I liked the best. So there we go. It's Father Stew, um, and uh, definitely worth tracking down. Great. Yeah, I know I know the film. I saw the trailer, but I haven't had a chance to see it. But it does sound good. Yeah, I think um, when you watch it, like I said, you'll you'll you know like me. If if he doesn't get nominated for an Oscar, it's he's kind of my Jessica Chastain for this year. Like remember last oh, year, yeah, I kept yeah, saying yeah, like yeah. if she doesn't get nominated for Eyes of Tammy Faye, like there's something wrong with the system. Well, that's kind of how I feel about Mark Wahlberg with this. You know, the film didn't do well enough, so I'm I'm afraid it'll get ignored. But if he doesn't get nominated, it, it'll be a crime. Okay, cool. Okay, I'll check that out. Well, my number nine is a film I think you won't you won't have enjoyed if you did see it. Uh, just going by the previous films that the guys made, but it is uh, The Northman, directed by Robert Eggers, starring, uh, it's based on the legend of Amleth, who uh, Shakespeare then based Prince Hamlet on. But uh, the film stars Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy again. She pops up a lot this year. Yeah. Uh, Clay's Bang, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, Willem Dafoe. And it's basically about a young Viking prince whose father is killed by his uncle, Sorry, the father's brother kills him. Uh, and then the, the little boy vows revenge. And then through the wonders of a smash cut, 
we see him turn into the big hulking bruiser of Alexander Skarsgård, who's become a, a berserk of warrior. You have this this cool battle as they assault this this village, and as it goes on, he keeps he he realizes he gets some clues as to where his uncle is, and he tracks him down and meets up with a woman who could be a witch or might not be. And there's lots of weird visions. There's uh, I felt it was like Hamlet meets Skyrim, the video game. Uh, meets Conan the Barbarian, the movie, because it's just, I mean, it's in a good way, but it's got that Conan the Barbarian ponderous uh, inevitability about it where you're just following this hulking brute of a guy who's got a mission he wants to do. He doesn't say much, uh, but he, he will kill anybody uh, in the way he does it. And like Conan the Barbarian, it's even got a bit where the main character goes down into uh, a cave or an old building anyway and gets a sword off a skeleton warrior but i really liked that i love the whole atmosphere of it i love the mythic quality of it i like the characters i like the way uh the main characters well as well as stabbing people and brutally killing them he also uses trickery and things to undermine uh the main uh, the evil uncle who may not have been as evil as we thought when you, you hear other things about uh, the main character's father, but I really liked. It. I do like Robert Eggers' films. I, f I feel this could probably be the most accessible for a casual viewer because it is a it's a revenge story. Uh, but everybody involved did a real good job. All the blokes in there really must have worked the hell out because the muscles are just. Anyway, it's just crazy how you know you're gonna if you want to be in a film, you've got to be ultra fit, and this is one of them. But I really liked it. Looked great, and that's my number nine. Okay. Well, I'm just going to keep playing this game as long as you keep giving me films that didn't make my list, but that I saw. So what do you think? Did I like The Northman or not? Going from your previous uh, opinions on Robert Eggers' films, I'm going to say you might have enjoyed it maybe on a technical level, but you didn't enjoy the actual film itself. You would be correct. I friggin' hated it. Um, <laughs> I do not understand him. I, 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 here's what I'll, you, you actually you nailed it surprisingly well. It's a beautiful film. I mean, there yeah, is some yeah. imagery in the film that is really phenomenal. The cinematography is amazing. The special effects look great. I mean, it like from a purely visual standpoint, it is beautiful, but I hated every minute of it. Uh, I hated every character in that film. There isn't a single character to like in that movie. Um, you want to oh, yeah, see a quick impression? We haven't done any impressions in a while. Okay. Okay. I'm the editor of the Northmen, okay? Here okay. we go. <clears throat> hmm. Seven minutes of film time and we haven't had a beheading. Hang on. Okay, there's one. <laughs> oh, you know what? Now that we've beheaded like 37 people, why don't we behead a horse? Yes, perfect. I got it. I swear to God, it was like every time I turned around, somebody was getting beheaded in that movie. And like, I like fine, whatever. I can I can handle a beheading, but it was just like, oh, could we knock it off with the beheadings already? And then it's like, oh, wait, wasn't enough to behead a person. Let's behead a horse. I think they beheaded two horses. I was like, seriously, like, yeah, yeah, get over it with the beheadings. Um, yeah, I just I did not enjoy it at all. Um, not surprised it's on your list. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. But yeah, not. It does seem to, when I posted it on the Live for Films Facebook page that I watched it, it did seem to be people either seem to love it and people seem to just dislike it intensely. Here's what I'll say. It's, it's my favorite of the Robert Eggers films so far. That tells you anything about what I think about his movies. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I mean. It's like, it's the most accessible story-wise as yeah, well. But, just, oh, God, brutal. Not but if you're looking to get into Robert Eggers, you've heard good things about him. This could be a good one to, to start with. The yes, Northman. or if you just need some be more beheadings in your life, then I definitely recommend The yeah. Northman. 
<clears throat> okay, well, my number nine, a uh, very similar movie. Actually, probably more similar than I want to admit, but um, uh, the title actually is almost exactly the same. It is not The Northman. It is The Batman or The Batman, uh, as you would pronounce it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not Robert Eggers, but instead uh, Robert Pattinson um, playing The Batman. Uh, this is the Matt Reeves, of course, three-hour-long uh, Batman movie that was a pretty massive hit early on in 2022. Um, and, you know... I did not have high expectations for this film. I had even less high expectations for it when I found out it was three hours long, as I don't think many movies need to be three hours long. Um, I was never worried about Robert Pattinson. Uh, I've been a supporter of his for a long time, yeah. and I knew he would do good, and he did great. Uh, but I ended up really liking the movie. It's got some flaws, for sure, uh, but it actually the running length isn't really one of them. I, I think it, it fairly well earned its running length. There's some really great sequences in it. I like how what they did with the, with the score. The music of the film is amazing. The performances are great. I mean, Colin Farrell is amazing as, as the Penguin. Um, you know, the action scenes are terrific. It's It's... It's got enough flaws to it for me that that's why it came in as number nine. I, I don't, I will find out, I'm sure, of course, as we go. I, I can't tell if it's a movie that you liked that didn't make your list or if it's a movie that ended up on your list, even maybe higher than mine. But I feel like that was a pretty good place for it. I liked it a lot. Not perfect. Um, and there's other movies I think I enjoyed more. Um, but it, there's no denying that the Batman was really cool. Um, it's a good movie. I like that they played into the detective aspect of Batman. And it wasn't just all action, but it had enough action to not be boring. So, uh, yeah, that's my number nine, The Batman. Okay. I saw a film. I enjoyed it. And we may be revisiting it later. Okay. I, ha I had a feeling we would, but I wasn't okay. sure. So, Good pick. Okay. My number eight. Uh, we're going to go into the multiverse for this one. And for some high action, some, some mysticism, some strangeness, some weirdness. It is, of course, everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> you threw me off there. I'm not. I, I admit I fell for it, Phil. I, I thought you were going Doctor Strange, and you threw me off. So nicely thank done. You, thank you. Uh, no, everything, everywhere, uh, all at once. Directed by the Daniels, as they collectively known, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Sh Shinet. Apologies if I didn't pronounce that right. Uh, it's the one that features Michelle Yeoh as a Chinese American immigrant uh, who's running a laundrette with her husband, and she's something out of taxes with Jamie Lee Curtis where we then it is then revealed by an alternate version of her husband that Michelle Yeoh's character is part of us involved in a multiverse and there's a being within the multiverse who's coming to destroy everything and I won't tell you more much more because I don't want to spoil it but also because it's hard to explain yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's got some it's very inventive it's I feel it did the whole multiverse better than Doctor Strange into the and the matters of the multiverse, mainly because we actually got to see lots of bits of the multiverse instead of just one or two things, and we spent time in some of them. I mean, it's got some some things you were. I like the fact one of the the multiverses is where the main character is basically Michelle Yeoh, yeah, big action star, but she's at a a big <clears throat> premiere of a film. There's another one where she's just a rock with googly eyes. Yeah. There's the hot dog fingers. Uh, Alan, who writes for Little Film as well, did a uh, a video chat with the directors and jamie oh, cool. lee curtis uh, and they were talking about the hot dog fingers which was good but that's uh that's good but i, I just like the inventiveness of it it was just a lot of fun it's all about family and love and about missed opportunities dreams you may have had uh family i said already it's just it's a good 
it's a weird comedy. It's got some great action scenes. It's got bit. It's got a bit of everything. The, the with the with the bad guy or the villain or whatever you want to call them when they do that and the twisting and the, the way that's edited as well as some lovely editing and in, in camera effects. It's great. If you haven't seen it, it's maybe a little bit too long. You probably could have cut shaved off ten or fifteen minutes, but. Mm -hmm. On the whole, I really enjoyed it, but that's everything, everywhere, all at once, my number eight. Which was a big hit uh, for A24, a studio I generally loathe, um, but they, they, this was one of the, I think their highest grossing film to date, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, um, and you wouldn't think it was an A24 film, to be honest, from the other one. Right. Yeah, well, because it's, the first it's not made like every other A24 film, which comes right out of the A24 playbook and does everything exactly the same. Yeah, it was uh, A24's first film to cross the $100 million mark. Yeah. And surpassed Hereditary, which was its highest grossing film before them. All right. Well, Phil, you are just setting this up perfectly. I have seen everything everywhere all at once. It did not make my list. So <laughs> what is your prediction? I didn't know we were going to be having this game. I didn't either, um, but you keep setting me up because I can't not knock him down. You know what I'm saying? It's the I, most unpredictable show on the internet, Phil. It is. I think you enjoy parts of it. I think you probably enjoyed the idea of it, but you probably thought it was a bit too long. Okay. Um, you're close, but not entirely. I actually liked it quite a bit. Uh, okay. It was in my shortlist. It was in those movies, the, those seven or eight movies I had left for number 10, and it could have easily replaced Father Stu. Um, yeah, yeah. But the thing for me, so there's two, my two biggest takeaways from everything everywhere all at once. Um, <clears throat> and they're kind of on opposite sides of the spectrum. One of them, there were definitely parts while I was watching the movie where I was like, do I like this movie? Am I enjoying this? <laughs> um, and, and for the most part, I did enjoy it. But I, yeah, it was definitely a little bit too long. But here's what I will say. I also think the ending of that movie is one of the most beautiful movie oh, endings yeah. I've ever yeah. seen. I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it brought tears to my eyes. And I thought it was because they set everything up for so long in a certain way, you know, emotionally. And then when it comes back around to kind of where I think most people want it to, it was done so well and so beautifully. And I think it just nicely reinforces this idea of family. And I thought the ending of it especially um, really elevated it. So that's, I, I again, it was on my short list. Uh, didn't quite make the cut, but I actually did enjoy it quite a bit. Has some flaws, um, but but yes, very inventive, very fun uh, and and uh, really enjoyable. And, and I loved seeing, uh, you know, uh, Kiwi Kwan, or what um you know short round from indiana jones uh back in acting that was a a pleasant surprise and he was great yeah totally agree a great cast brilliant acting uh, for sure check it out if you haven't i think it's streaming uh lots of these films are streaming on the various platforms so if you yep. haven't seen it on the big screen search them out on your streaming platforms and you'll, you'll find most of them disney plus have been getting a load over in the yeah. uk which is great but uh Netflix and other ones. There are many streaming things available, and none of them sponsor us. So we're just going to mention them all. <laughs> That's there. right. All right, good choice, good choice. Okay, so my number eight uh, is kind of interesting in in that like so when I you know I watch films, I keep track of them in an app, and I rate them with a star rating out of five stars. And this is the only film that made my list that came in under four stars. I tried to keep it all four, four and a half, five star things. Technically, yeah. I rated this one three and a half stars. But that's because it has some flaws that detract from it. But I still think it's a really awesome film that I love. And I'm not quite sure. Sometimes when I'm rating them, I try to go from like a, a more overall standpoint. Like I liked this film, but it's also got critical issues. And sometimes I'm just like, I loved it. Five stars. Who knows? So it's not a perfect <laughs> system. But uh, it is Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I really I really did enjoy it. It's, it's 20 minutes too long and it focuses a little too much on Colonel Tom. But... When you get out, when you get past the first 10, 15 minutes of the film and, and some parts in the middle, um, it is just a raucous, 
exciting, energetic, musical bonanza. Um, the, of course, it's all great Elvis songs. So the music is, is amazing, but it's all been remixed in that Baz Luhrmann style. The film is just super flashy, but, you know, in a, in a good way. Um, and I think, again, to, to jump on my Oscar bandwagon, if Austin Butler doesn't get nominated for his performance as Elvis, then we should just throw the Oscars away. He <laughs> is just incredible and i mean not just like i think anybody can do a quick elvis impersonation right everybody can be like oh <laughs> you know right it's not that hard but if and, and i've watched a lot of elvis movies in the past year because this movie really got me into the idea of elvis as a performer which in a way i never have before and i've really come to appreciate him as a musician but if you watch austin butler's performance the physicality of it and how much his movements mirror elvis's movements it is one of the most incredible things i've ever seen like every single thing he does is note perfect authentic to what elvis did the way he shakes the hips and he jumps up on his toes and and does his arms even the, the fat elvis stuff versus the skinny elvis stuff it's incredible and i i've become a fan over the last decade or so of physical performances when people kind of can transform their body i've mentioned this on the show before it, it super impresses me and i just cannot get over how physically he manages to capture Elvis. It, it is, it's one of the most incredible performances I've ever seen, in my opinion. So if he doesn't get nominated again, we just burn it all down and start over. But um, the film has some flaws. Like I said, it's not a perfect movie. It's definitely a little bit too long, um, but man, it's fun to watch and the music is great and, and Austin Butler is amazing. So Elvis is my number eight. Good pick, good pick. That's one of the films of 2022 I have not had a chance to see yet, which ah, okay. about. I think it might have made my list. Uh, I, I've seen some videos though showing uh, Austin Butler's performance with Elvis from the same concerts yeah. and things. And yeah. it is, it's really good. Uncanny. But what kept me though is we met Austin Butler back in yes, that's New York right. Comic Con when he was doing the Shannara series. Yeah. And he was so he was such a nice guy, but he was so mm -hmm. quiet and just thoughtful. Yeah. I think he puts a lot of thought into his work, but I I back I never would have picked him to play Elvis, but no. bits I've seen of him, it just looks looks incredible. It really is. Yeah, I, I shared that photo again uh, after I saw Elvis. I was like, wait a minute, that's Austin Butler. I think like, we met him. Um, so I'll try to remember uh, later to put it on the um, the after the ending social media channels. So if anybody wants to see, I got a nice picture of me and Austin Butler looking nothing like Elvis, but uh, yeah, but it yeah. is him. So very cool. Well, you should definitely. I think you'll enjoy it when you see it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Okay. Well, my number seven is a low budget film. It's called. It's by uh, Justin Benson. And Aaron Moorhead, it is, uh, was, I've got this on Blu-ray, it is Something in the Dirt. Huh. Okay. They did films like The Endless and some others which uh, have left my mm. memory at the minute. Oh, Spring, I think was the other, another good one. But this one, it's they made it during lockdown, and it's basically two guys living in an apartment building in Los Angeles. Yeah, Los Angeles. Uh, one of them's just moved in. He's got... He's got uh, addiction issues one of them is involved in this church but uh, the, the one who's just moved in he's got this small apartment where they they find a weird object which looks like it's made of crystal in the grounds around the apartment and strange weird supernatural things start happening so there's they decide to document document that with the camera they look into the the history of the building and it's it's mainly just those two because it was chucked during lockdown it's a good there's a great documentary showing how they made it but it's mainly just those two guys talking about what's going on. Is it supernatural? Is it just a weird uh, scientific phenomenon which can be identified if they knew more about it? 
but it's, we've, we learn a lot about the two characters that they're playing, their relationship, how some weird events can bring two opposites together. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really well acted. It's really well made. Uh, but it is just two guys in a flat for lots of it. But we get to see lots of LA. There's some some great bits on the rooftop where they've got the magic hours, sunlight coming in. There's some bits on the beach. And you're just there trying to figure out with them what's going on. And I just love that. I just loved it. It's just, it's a weird little film. There's a great little, the behind the scenes documentary as well. They started making films with their friends and they got lucky enough to be able to make some other feature films, but they still want to make films with their friends. And they said, this was good because they've got people they know making the little, uh, making all the props for it. Some people doing the special effects. It seems like a very lovely little community they've got, but they, they're two people who love films, and you can tell that in everything they make. You may not enjoy all the things they do because they can be a little bit weird, but it's just it's it's made by people who love films, and I just really loved it. But it's something in the dirt, and that's my number seven. Very good, interesting choice. I have not seen this one, so we cannot continue our game just yet. But um, I have seen and the Endless and Springs and Spring. And so I'm going to say that it probably wouldn't be my cup of tea based on what you said about it. I think both The Endless and Spring were um, movies that I considered cool concepts that fell flat or fell mm -hmm. short in the end. They weren't terrible. I didn't hate them, but I didn't really like them either. I know what you mean. Yeah. I thought this one was a bit tighter. Right, it's, right. Uh, it's, a, it's a short film as well, but uh, okay. yeah. All right. Well, if it comes across my desk, I'll certainly give it a try, um, but yeah. not one I have seen yet. So It's a good one to watch for anybody out there who's thinking about I wouldn't mind having a go making a film because it shows what you can do with limited budgets and limited surroundings and things right, like that. Right, right. That's might, cool. Might inspire some people. I can respect that. Yeah. Okay, so my number, where are we at? Number seven, right? Yeah, yeah. My number seven. Uh, well, it's interesting because we both got to this point and kind of went with the movies that other people probably haven't heard of. Uh, my number seven <laughs> is a movie called Fall. And, oh, another one. I've not seen this one. Yeah, it stars uh, Grace Carolyn Curry and Virginia Gardner. Uh, Virginia Gardner, who I actually interviewed at New York Comic Con a couple years ago, uh, did not get a picture with her, unfortunately, which makes me very sad because she's gorgeous. But um, uh, so Fall is uh, just an incredible little it's a, I guess it's an independent film. I mean, I think it came out on Lionsgate. But basically what it is, it's. Um, it's, it's kind of along the lines of like The Descent and 47 Meters Deep, but slightly less um, creature based. It's two girls, women, you know, who climb to the top of this abandoned radio tower. It's like 2000 feet up uh, in the middle of the desert, you know, as like, you know, like an extreme kind of thing. Right. We climb up there and, you know, we, we make our mark and say we did it and then we can climb down. Except, of course, things go wrong. The <laughs> ladder, the rusted ladder breaks off and they find themselves trapped 2000 feet up in the middle of the desert with nobody around. Now, what I loved about this film is a couple of things. First of all, both the actresses in it are fantastic. They do a great job. Uh, their fear is palpable. Um, and I think part of that is because of the way they filmed it. And so here's the thing about it. They're, they're, they're 2,000 feet up in the air on this little platform that's about the size of like I don't know, a sewer cover, a manhole cover, right? Yeah, yeah. And I swear there is almost no CGI in this film, right? And you're watching this film and it looks like they are, 
2000 feet up the entire time. And it is terrifying. I mean, I was like sweating watching this movie because it's so realistic looking and it's, it's, that's hard to pull off. And what I, so this isn't really a spoiler because behind the scenes stuff, what I found, I watched the making of documentary. They built like a hundred foot tower, but they built it like on the top of like a Mesa, like a flat little butte uh, so that when they shoot from it, right. They're up on top of this tower and because this mesa is like 2000 feet up right or however many feet up oh, it was wow, okay. the angle shows them and it's like you can see like all of arizona behind them and it looks like they're up in the middle of the sky because in effect they are right huh? they're just only 100 feet from the ground that they're on but they're also up in the middle of it it's it's amazing and that's the same Lloyd, thing they did with uh Howard lloyd did that you know the classic Howard lloyd thing where he's hanging yeah. up the clock yeah that's the same thing they had that set but built high up on something else that's right. why it looked like you're really high up yeah yeah wow. Um, so it's, it's really tense. I mean, one of the most tense films I've watched in a long time. Like I had no fingernails left when it was over. <laughs> um, and, uh, it's well-written. So you don't, you don't devolve into them being like stupid or whatever, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a, a healthy suspension of disbelief in a few places. And the, 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 one of the major events in the ending definitely feels like it was borrowed from another film. I don't want to say which one, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but that said, man, I was riveted. Uh, I was glued to the screen. I was sweating watching it. And it, it is one of the best looking films for a, for a low budget film. I'm telling you, you're going to watch this and you are going to think these girls are really up at the top of this tower and it, it will blow you away. Um, it's called Fall and it is directed by uh, somebody named Scott Mann. Uh, and if, if you can track it down, it is out on Blu-ray uh, and digital, and I'm sure it's streaming somewhere, or they may have to, you may have to rent it or something, but if you can track it down and you want a really good thriller, highly recommend Fall. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I remember watching the trailer for that and going, oh my, that's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, and imagine that times like 100 and you got the whole movie. <laughs> cool, okay, I will I will get to watch that one, but it's uh, I'm okay on it with heights, unless it's like a real... right. Big tower in the middle of nowhere. But, well, that's uh, the thing. Yeah, like, I think you can watch, even if you're afraid of heights, like, I mean, maybe if you're afraid of heights, don't watch it. But, like, I'm not, like, afraid of heights. But I'm not, like, not afraid of heights. And so, like, I was okay watching it, but I was definitely, like, I mean, I was really, like, nervous the whole time. I mean, it was a really visceral experience, but I loved it. Cool. I will definitely check that out when I, I get a chance. For sure. Okay. Well, my number six, where are we? Yes, my number six is by Martin McDonough. It is The mm. Banshees of Inner Sharon, starring Colin Farrell and Brandon Gleeson. There's two lifelong friends living on an island off the coast of Ireland who meet up, have drinks, play music, and it's a very small community, very quiet. But then one day, Brendan Gleeson's character doesn't go, want to go to the pub with uh, Colin Farrell's character. And Colin Farrell go, is just basically going, why, won't, why don't you want to? Are we not friends? Until Brandon Gleeson goes, yeah, I find you being, you're really dull. This isn't spoilers. It's just the set of the film. He goes, I find you really dull. I want to look at my music and don't talk to me anymore. And you can just feel the bewilderment of Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is brilliant in this. He's such a good actor. Yeah. Uh, well, and Brendan Gleeson as well. But you just, you're there because at the start, you're there with Colin Farrell going, but, but why doesn't he want to talk to him? This doesn't make any sense. Just sit down. I spent most of the film just going, just sit down and talk to him. Just have a pint and go, listen, just take some time. I just want to take some time away to focus on the music and do this. And then when it keeps, it just keeps escalating. And then also Brandon Gleason's character doesn't help things because he keeps sort of helping him and, and being involved in it. And it's like mixed signals. 
And then Brendan Gleeson says says he's going to do something if he keeps talking to him. And it just escalates and gets more and more. It's There's obvious parallels with the Civil War. I saw a YouTuber, an Irish guy, talking about the film. And he was talking about this, the Irish Civil War. He learned about it in school, but he said it was just... Uh, he said even though he knows what it involved, he says it's really hard to explain the way two sides kept going against each other and making deals and not making deals. It seems very much the characters in this are very much in keeping with that. And then the second half of the film, it just gets darker. It does have some very funny moments, but it just gets darker and almost like a ghost story, the way it's filmed as well, especially with the older woman who's looked like a, a literal banshee as she's just haunting the landscape. But uh, I just thought this was... I, I, I will admit when I was watching it and then I found out when Brandon Gleeson says what he's going to do to himself and then he starts doing that, I was I was going, oh, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> it, it is quite slow and whimsical to begin with and as things goes on. And I, as I said, I spent a lot of time going, just talk to each other. This is ridiculous. Just talk, explain it, and then go separate ways. But it stayed with me afterwards and I kept thinking about it and I just kept thinking how much I did enjoy it. And uh, I look forward to going back to it at some point. I'm watching it again, but it's it looks again, it looks gorgeous. It makes me not want to live on a very small island though, because there's barely anybody around. Uh that would be nice for a while, but not too long. But it's my number six, the Banshees of Inishirin. Very good pick. Well, after a brief hiatus, we are returning to the riveting game show known as Phil Predicts Mike's Opinions. Uh so Phil, I have seen the Banshees of Inishirin and it did not make my list. So what mm. do you think? Did I like Enough. it? Or not. I can't remember what you thought of in Bruges because all involved were in that as well. Martin McDonough made that. Right. I'm yeah. going to say you enjoyed it, but no, I'm going to say you enjoyed it and just leave it at that. Okay. Um, so here's what I think of Banshees and Nisharan. Uh, there is no way on earth it should work as well as it does. Yes, yes. Um, it's not like it's not a film about a lot. And it has a really small cast and a small group of characters and it's kind of slow moving and not much happens in it. And yet I really enjoyed it. Um, stop short of making my list just because it, for whatever reason, it was a good movie. I liked it a lot. Just didn't feel like it was in my top 10. Um, but yeah, I thought Colin Farrell is phenomenal in it for sure. Um, Carrie Condon is great, but Brendan Gleeson is great. And I, the writing is just so good that you're just, you're, it's like one of those, it's like you're kind of riveted watching this film, even though not much is happening. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a strange one for sure. Um, but uh, I did, I did like it quite a bit. And we do have a viewer comment, uh, just a quick one from our, our friend Jay, friend of the show, Jay. He says, that's my favorite game show, uh, talking about Phil predicts Mike's opinion. So I'm glad that you're, uh, you're here to catch it, Jay. We, uh, we, we aim to please. So yeah, it's been happening quite a bit. Will it yeah. happen anymore? But yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's, it shouldn't work, but I think it's because it's a good filmmaker with some brilliant actors and a great script. Right. It all, it all, it comes together really well. It, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Colin Farrell is nominated. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a film that can probably get a good number of Oscar nominations. Yeah. It just seems it's like the kind of thing the Academy tends to like, but, yeah. um, and also you probably don't remember what I think of in Bruges because for many years I hadn't seen it. It was one of those films that oh, I knew yeah, you were a big yeah. fan of and I had just never gotten around to. Yeah. I did finally watch it a couple of years ago and I, I do, uh, I do, I do like it quite a bit. So, uh, we do have another, uh, comment here, um, about our game show from, from, uh, one of our regular viewers, Richard Brown saying, quote, Quoting Phil, I don't want to predict your opinion no more. Well, 
too bad. <laughs> uh, you're going to keep it up, Phil, as long as you keep putting movies on the list that I've seen but have not did not make my list. So now we're getting into our top, uh, you know, top half of the list. So that might change, right? Um, because maybe I've seen more of them or maybe they made my list. I, although I honestly think that we're not going to have too much overlap this year. I, I'm looking at my next few choices. And I, yeah, it's been I'll a... be surprised if more than two of my next six ended up on your list. So, yeah. But as a reminder, though, for people watching live, if you want to let us know what your... 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 films of 2022 have been put them in the comments and we can put them yep, up. Absolutely. Okay, well, I won't keep you in suspense any longer then. My number six is, and I'm going to call it by its real name, not the name the studio used, uh, it is Scream 5. Or as it's known by the studio, Scream. But that's stupid. I hate when they do that. Don't name yeah, it yeah, the yeah. same thing as another movie that you already made. It's Scream 5. It would be different if they were rebooting it completely, but they're not. It's got characters from the original films in it. But anyway, that's just my annoyance at the name of it. However, I'm a huge fan of the Scream franchise. I have been for a long time, ever since the first movie came out. Uh, I've loved, I love every single film in the, in the franchise. It's one of my favorites. Um, and, you know, but yeah, sequels many years later sometimes suffer a little bit. Um, I thought Scream 4 was pretty good when it came out a few years back. Um, I liked it, but... Scream 5 does this great thing, I think. And I know some people criticize it for it, but I think what pe other people criticize Scream 5 for is what I loved about it. So it's what they call a requel, which is where they like reboot a franchise yeah. with new characters, but then bring in some legacy characters to kind of connect it with the older viewers and the newer viewers, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But what they do is they basically kind of, you know, I guess effectively I can see what people complain. They kind of remake, not remake, but sort of take the formula of Scream one the original one by explaining what a requel is as it's happening in the film right and all the rules of a requel and then they do those things and it's very meta and i loved it and i thought it was great i mean it's um it's it's you got all of the classic scream kind of tropes to it right it's got good fun characters got great dialogue you know you don't know who did it you know until the end so it's a good mystery it's got some good you know slashery kills it's got some blood but it's not too gory you know um i, I just I, I really enjoyed it and i think if you're a scream fan there's a lot to like there again i, I know some people complain that they've, they've they've done the same thing too many times and blah 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 and I, I guess that's a valid complaint but i didn't have a problem with it i really enjoyed it i loved the new sort of spin on you know explaining how the this new version of sequels works to an audience that may or may not know that already um and i just had a ton of fun with it so that is my number six scream five uh and i can't wait for scream six to come out this year now i'm excited yeah uh ghostface takes my manhattan for scream six isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. or, or ghostface goes to hell you know yeah, yeah. ghostface yeah. is dead the final ghost face nightmare. I don't know. That one's a stretch, but yeah. <laughs> I've not seen ghost. Uh, I've not seen scream five mm. yet. I must, I must get around to watching that. I wanted to watch all of the others before I went to see it. Yeah. I never got around to it. Yeah. So, I want to do that too. And I didn't get to, cause I'm watching them with my daughter cause she's old enough now. Uh, so we watched the first one, but it's always slow when I have to involve other people. So um, I just watched it, but it's, it's great. Okay. Well, we're into the top five now. My number five is uh, directed by Mark Mylod, and it is The Menu. Ah, yes. Which uh, I was uh, one of the ones I watched near the end of the year. It came onto Disney Plus, watched it there. I'd heard good things about it. I saw it, I didn't, the trailer, it's, it's called a black comedy horror thriller. It's definitely a comedy. Uh, it's more like a twisted comedy. It's about some rich folk for, for uh, restaurant critics, actors, various people, only a handful of people invited to a 
very, very uh, high-end restaurant on an island where a top chef played by Ray Fiennes runs it and his staff live on the island as well. Uh, it's very, the way some top kitchens you see uh, in real life, it's where all the, the lesser chefs or sous chefs, whatever you call them, they are, the chef rules everything. They do whatever he says, but he invites these people there. He has a menu for them, specially prepared. And as it goes on, it's, things get weirder, things get stranger, things get dangerous. It doesn't go, I thought it was going to go one way, uh, but it didn't. Instead, it went another way. But it's basically about the difference between uh, between rich people and poor people, or the rich people and people who serve. Well, not people who serve customers and the customers in general. It's really, it's amazing the way it's shot. I really like the way it has the island and the way each course it comes up and shows what it is. Uh, it also left me wanting to have a cheeseburger. <laughs> but, uh, it's great performance by Anya Taylor Joy, who pops up again. Once again, uh, Holtz, uh, John Leguizamo, and lots of other people. Uh, lots, a handful of people who you're going, oh, I know that person. I recognise mm -hmm. them. But I just thought I won't go into any more details because best to go into it knowing as little as possible if you haven't seen it. But I enjoyed it. The whole setup, uh, the resolution. The various events. It's and Ray Fines is just when he keeps doing that, you know, clapping his yeah. hands, bringing it together. It's 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 very well made, and I enjoyed the heck out of it. And also, I watched it the week before. I I was going on a to like a, a posh restaurant with a taster menu as well. So that changed my dining experience when I was eating it. I was very appreciative of everything that the staff was doing just to make sure that they had not seen the menu. Right. Uh, that's my number five. Excellent choice. All right. Well, much to our viewers' chagrin or delight, depending on how they feel, Jay will be happy. We're going to play another round of Phil Predicts Mike's Opinion because I have seen the menu, Phil, but it did not make my top 10. So, what do you I, I think you uh, really enjoyed it, but you wished it had either gone a bit more into the horror element, maybe, or I don't know, maybe to tie things up a bit better because I, fi I found the end. There were some points where I kept thinking, but why are they all doing this? Right. Okay. But well, I sort of I kept going, but that's just the way it's just, that's, that's right, the way right. the, the thing is. But I think right. something like that. Okay. Well, I got to say, you know me well, my friend. You are spot on. Uh, I really enjoyed the menu. It is, in fact, one of my honorable mentions, which we're going to bring on okay. share at the end. Um, and uh, it, it was very close to making my top 10. My big problem with it is I don't think it stuck the landing at the end. Um, like you said, there's some parts where uh, towards the end, and this is spoiler free, but there are some things characters do where I'm like, I'm not sure I buy that these people would all do these things at the, you know, in the very end kind of thing. Um, and it, it took me out of it just a little bit. Um, cause up until then I thought it was brilliant and I just thought it was, it was, it was funny, but dark and like suspenseful. And I, I thought, again, Ray Fiennes is terrific. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just couldn't quite buy the ending and it lost me just a touch there. And I wish it had, and I wish it had stuck the landing better. Um, but that said, still worth watching, still a very enjoyable film, definitely something different and unique, which I like about it. You know, not like everything, not like other things we've seen. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So, um, so that is, uh, so very close to making my list, but just got edged out. So that, that's a good point. Cause everybody moans about this. So every year there's so many sequels and remakes and comic book movies, but our lists have been on the whole, I know you mentioned the Batman and things like that. There's been lots. 2022, there were lots of original films, yeah, which which made it to the cinema and had a big audience. So it's great to see that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, what's your number five then? 
Well, my number five um, is speaking of all those things you just said, it is <laughs> now I'm veering into that. Territory. <laughs> yeah, the last half's going to be like that now, isn't it? Yeah, it probably. <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to say, I don't think a lot of people are going to have this on their top 10 list for 2022. And I don't care because I love this movie and I thought it was phenomenal. And it is Lightyear. That oh, be, I, I didn't get to see this. I haven't watched yeah. this yet. Yeah. Lightyear of the Buzz Lightyear fame, the, the Toy Story movie that nobody wanted, apparently. Um, but everybody I've talked to saw it, thought it was excellent, and I thought so too. You know, it's the, the premise is it's the movie that Andy saw in the original Toy Story that made him want the Buzz Lightyear film. And really, that's kind of like, that's cool and all, but you don't even really need it. It's really just a, a Buzz Lightyear film about kind of the original, the Space Ranger version of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Uh, you know, younger Buzz Lightyear played by um, Chris Evans. Uh, and, um, what it really does well is it's a surprisingly good science fiction story. And I really don't want to get into the story too much because I don't want to spoil anything because there's a surprising amount of things to be spoiled. Um, but it's a, it's a really strong science fiction story. It has ties to the toy story films, sort of. Um, but it really does is it, it, it paints buzz as a real character, you know, a flawed character. He is, you know, um, very, uh, he's got a lot of hubris, you know, he doesn't accept help from friends. Um, yeah, you know, he has yeah. to learn to do these things. And so there's this really great supporting cast. Um, there's this talking cat robot who steals the show. Uh, there's some really phenomenal action sequences actually. And the, the design, the animation of course is beautiful, but just like the, the, the design of everything, the characters, the sets, the weapons, the spaceships, all that stuff. It, it looks like you're watching a, a, well, you're watching a big budget science fiction epic and that's because you are um but i you know you can't go into it thinking it's of a toy story movie per se but just go into it thinking of like a cool sci-fi action film with a character that you kind of know um but it's really great it's really really good it is a good good film uh, i had a lot of fun watching it um it, it really is one of my favorite films of the year obviously as the fact it's on my top <laughs> 10 list um but I, I think people should definitely give it a chance i know a lot of people skipped it because they were like who cares i don't need this it's not toy story whatever just watch it anyway um i think people really enjoy it so Lightyear yeah, I, is my number five i do wonder whether they haven't get tied into toy story and buzz Lightyear, whether they harmed it because i know when it was announced and trailers coming out the response did seem to be saying, "Well, why, why are they doing this? Nobody wants this." Whereas if they just had it as a, as a new sci-fi film of its own, right? Because everybody forgets. I mean, they always go, "Well, it's not going to work." But you know, Toy Story was a new thing when that first came out. Mm -hmm. All these ones which have lots of sequels going out. There was a film at the beginning which half the time wasn't planned to have any sequels, but it's just, yeah, maybe if they just changed it a bit and just had this sci-fi and advertising, yeah, like that, maybe. I mean, like I, that. I, I get what you're saying, and I, I don't disagree. There are enough things in it, a couple of things that, that sort of tie into things from the movies that I think you couldn't pull off necessarily. Okay. okay. It's hard to, I don't want to get, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know what made it more successful, but I, I think, I think part of what's great about it is the sort of tie into Buzz Lightyear and, and the things that come about from it. Um, I think there are some neat callbacks that I think people will enjoy. I just think people just had the wrong impression of the movie maybe, or just, you know, sometimes great, great movies just don't do well at the box office, but I love Lightyear. I talked to lots of other people who saw it and they said they loved it too. I think, I think people just need to give it a chance and they'll be won over by it. Cool. Okay. I will get around to watching it. Uh, yeah. Especially because after what you've been saying about that, cool. it does sound like my kind of thing. Okay. Real quick at the halfway point, I just want to say our trend so far has been this. First of all, no overlap yet. Very impressed by yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
our lists have basically been you're listing movies that I've seen but didn't make my list, and then I'm listing movies that you just haven't seen yet. I'm That's seeing it. Yeah. The, the way yeah. that we're going so far. I don't know what that means. Maybe I just watch. Uh, to be fair, I should tell people this. Uh, last year, I set a goal for myself to watch 365 movies in 365 days. So I set out to watch 365 movies in the calendar year of 2022. Now, not only did I accomplish that goal, but thanks to a bout with COVID to start my year and a bout with COVID to end my year, in which I was quarantined and had nothing to do but watch movies, I watched 410 movies last year, um, which is a personal record and probably doesn't say a lot for me as a person. But um, I am <laughs> married and I have kids. I just stay up late and don't sleep a lot. Uh, but I did watch a lot of movies. So I probably, for this year especially, I probably, that's probably why I've seen so many more than you is just because I was like just tearing through movies like they were yeah, on yeah, paper. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, continue on, Phil. Okay, my number four is... It's a big, it's over three hour film, another big one. Mm. Uh, and it's ba basically, it's, it's, it's like four or five different films all put together. It's, uh, it's RRR, so sometimes called Rise, Roar, Revolt. It's the Indian language epic drama directed by SS Rajamuli. Uh, apologies mm -hmm. again with names. It's a huge, I, I kept seeing this word of mouth, people online going, this is amazing, this is great. It popped up on Netflix and I thought, oh, watch this. I don't really, I've, I've, I have seen some Bollywood, or this is, this is a Tollywood film. Again, apologies, I don't mean to cause offense if I get the, the terms wrong, but it's, uh, I, I have seen a few and I never quite get into them. I don't know why, but this one just, I just thought this was so much fun. It's dealing with some real, uh, serious stuff. It's following two real-life Indian revolutionaries and their fight against the British Raj. It's it's, uh, it's very loose with the truth because I don't think they were friends or even met. I'm not sure if they met each other, but they're basically these two guys who are the toughest guys you've ever met, uh, but they're on different sides. One of them is working as a soldier for the British Raj at the beginning, uh, and his scene is just epic where he's just... There's a small outpost surrounded by hundreds if not thousands of people. And this one guy throws a rock from the crowd, which hits someone, one of the officers, and the officers say, arrest that man. So this this main character guy, he just goes out there and takes on these hundreds of people with a stick to get this one guy, and he manages it. And it's over the top and crazy, but you, are, you buy into it so easily. It's just because it's just the way it's done is just brilliant. Uh, the British people in it in the Raj are proper moustache twirling evil. They do terrible things. Uh, I am British, as you probably noticed, uh, but I still I didn't take offence. I was just going, yeah, they did terrible things. I know that. It's great seeing this comeuppance of things like that. Uh, and there's there's a big dance scene, which is amazing. The song is catchy. They're doing these crazy dances, big smiles and things. I was I was going, that'd be a great one to learn how to do if a few of you are doing it. There's, there's bits where they jump off a bridge and they're holding cap. There's, uh, oh, my brain's overloading just thinking about it. There's so many cool scenes and moments in it. The one where one of them can't walk, so he's on the shoulders of the other one, and they're just punching things. There's one bit where one of them picks up a motorcycle and spins it around and throws it another guy. It's just, it's epic. It's huge. If you wanted some fun and some craziness uh, at the cinema, or in your own home, watch RRR. It's unlike anything you've seen before. If you haven't been, if you haven't watched any of these Bollywood, Hollywood films, 
it's over the top it's silly it's serious it's heartbreaking it's dramatic it's got some hollywood needs to pay more attention to these these kind of films and just give some over the top action like we used to get back in like the 80s and things go back to that it shows you can do some crazy stuff and you'll still buy into it but it's it's three in a three hours 20 minutes long but it's just it flies by because it's just so many cool bits that's r r r okay so wait so you're telling me you're british yeah mike i've kept it well hidden man I feel a little betrayed, Phil. I did not know that. Um, anyway, so uh, so you do not have to predict my opinion because not only have I not seen this movie, I'd never even actually heard of it, or if I have, I don't remember here. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, I'm going to go see if I can track it down because it sounds really cool. And I do like, I, much like you, I've watched some Bollywood films. I, I've had differing opinions of them. I haven't found that one that I'm like, yes, this is so great. So um, I, there's one I have on my Netflix queue right now that looks pretty cool, but I'm going to try and track that one down and see uh, how it is. Yeah, so the two main leads—they're brilliant. They've got so much charisma. Uh, they've got a, one of them's got an amazing mustache, which I was really jealous of. The other one's got a really cool beard, which I was jealous of. Uh, for those right. of you just listening and don't haven't seen me, I have a beard and mustache anyway, but I was still jealous of their facial hair. Uh, oh, there's one great scene as well where one of them's fighting a tiger. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. so many. Yeah, as one. There, there you go. All right, very good. I think it's on. It was on Netflix in the UK, so that could be a good place to start looking for it. I like it. All right, so my number four then uh, is a film that stars Spider-Man uh, and somebody who's already appeared on my list, actually. Uh, it is Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg in Uncharted. But they should have called it Funcharted. See that I did there? Because <laughs> it's just so much fun. I absolutely loved Uncharted. It is not uh, a deep movie. It is not an intelligent movie. It is not necessarily a realistic movie. And I don't care about bit because it was the most fun i've had watching a movie in a really long time um until my number three but it is just like it is it's one of the i know it's based on a video game doesn't matter but it's like you take everything about like the indiana jones movies the the the, the national treasure movies like that kind of film and you put it into this movie right and you make it it's real slickly edited and it's got good special effects and all that stuff and, and hit music and everything and you get uncharted it is so much fun i don't even know what i can say about it beyond that like it's just you watch it with a big grin on your face the whole time you get sucked into the adventure of it they, they have to solve puzzles and you know pirate ships and all this you know stuff and everything and honestly um i don't think you need to know much about the video games the only thing that stood out for me was the post-credit sequence which was clearly for the video game fans right that was like i watched that i was like i had to go right onto the internet and be like i don't get it what is that about <laughs> uh, everything else about the movie though it just felt like i was just watching a, a movie that happened to be you know about these characters i don't know what you know what it does compared to the video game but like just action and adventure and epic and fun and and you know like i said treasure hunts and and bad guys and you know uh, just i i really enjoyed the heck out of it just big smile the whole time i watched it loved it can't wait to watch it again uh told my wife my daughter already watched it because she watches a bunch of stuff on her own but i told my wife I'm like we gotta watch this movie because you'll love it it's just it, it's it's just fun the only word i can use to describe it if you want to have fun watch uncharted simple as that okay. Good stuff. I've still yet to see this. I've played the games. Ah, I really like the games. Uh, yeah, I, I know they're whether, very popular. Yeah. I don't know whether that might change. I might have a different opinion of the film because I know it seems to have a mixed response from people, but it's definitely one I want to watch, but I've just not got around to seeing it. Fair enough. A good pick. Okay, my number three. Top three now. Here we go. My number three is a, a sequel 
which was really good, and it was so much fun at the cinema. It is Top Gun Maverick. There you go. Nice. I've got the Blu-ray holding it up. Uh, yeah, I'd, this is one where trailer came out. I was going, oh, okay. Yeah, they're going to do a sequel to that. Top Gun was never... It's, I always enjoyed Top Gun. It was, it was never one of my huge favourites, but I always enjoyed it. When they were making this, I was just thinking, oh, it's going to be another one of the ones where they just take an old film, do a sequel, get somebody involved in it. Then they're pushed to the side to reintroduce new people. And it's going to be one. I'll, I'll wait till it comes out. Then some of the trailers dropped. I was going, wow. You, you realise they are filming with the actors in planes. You see the G-Force on the face. Mm-hmm. And then it just came out. And I was going, well, I'll wait till it comes out on Blu-ray. But then so many people on the social media channels were going, this is great. Oh, my God. I can't believe how good it is. I was going, that can't be the case. And I was, it was like one Saturday. I had some time. So I checked, booked a ticket, and then went and watched it. And I sat down. I just was blown away by how good it was. It was it was a cinematic experience, lots of fun, uh, very predictable. Has the plot, same plot beats as the original film, but it just does so well. Tom Cruise is the star of it, but it's uh, the the supporting cast are good. The bits with Val Kilmer are just give you a lump and just you just almost in tears. But he's so good in it as well. I love the fact that Iceman has been looking out for uh, Maverick all these in all these years in between, but it's just so some great action sequences again because they're really flying the planes. This time we get beach football. For those of you who like the shirtless beach sport games, Jennifer Connelly's great in it. Uh, Tom Cruise though, it's it's his film, so it was refreshing to just have him. But it's Tom Cruise's film, so you know he's going to be heavily involved in that. But it it worked with him as the character. This guy, all he wants to do is fly. But he realizes he's sort of fallen behind everything. He's he's got nothing else in life apart from this. Until and this film makes him realize there is more to life apart from going really really fast. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's my number three. Very good choice. All right, my number three is almost the exact same movie. Really, um, very very similar. It is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> um, now I look. enjoyed that film, but I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did say it's time, and I enjoyed it. Okay, I was going to say, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so here, here's the thing. Before people jump on me about this one, first of all, it's the only one that wasn't released theatrically, although I wish it had been. It was a Disney Plus uh, original movie. But here's the thing. I'm not a Rescue Rangers fan, right? When I was growing up, I was actually pretty fairly, you know, teenager, but a tween, whatever, when they came out. There was, you know, Duck, uh, DuckTales and Rescue Rangers came out at the same time. I was a DuckTales guy, not a Rescue Rangers guy. I probably saw two episodes of it in this entire run. I never watched the show at all. So this is not a nostalgia pick, right? Um, I just think it is an incredibly brilliant and and, an amazingly funny film. Uh, You've got um, John Mulaney and Andy Samberg playing Chip and Dale. um, And it is basically just rife with in-jokes and cameos from other characters and not just Disney characters. They got a whole bunch of other characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you've got a a surprisingly good mystery story wrapped up in the whole thing. Um, It gets like weirdly meta at some points. It gets very funny at some points. It's kind of like everything everywhere all at once, but with Chip and Dale almost like not that they go to multiverses, but like they definitely do some crazy wacky stuff with it. But I actually watched it twice uh, and I enjoyed it even more the second time around. It's, it's, it's just so funny. Like the script is phenomenal. Like the, the jokes are so on point. They are, I mean, just the way they skewer Hollywood and Disney and these characters and the TV merchandising and, you know, all of this stuff, it is just 
I think it's brilliant. And I, again, another one much like Uncharted, where I just watched it. This one I was actually laughing out loud pretty much the whole time. But it is so much fun. Um, and it's funny because I kept asking myself, like, am I really going to put this in my top three on my top 10 list of 2022? <laughs> I just I enjoyed it so much more than so many other movies. Like it, it's, you know, you know, is it going to win an Oscar? Is it cinematic genius? No. But man, just in terms of having a good time watching a movie, it, it's 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 really great <laughs> excuse me sorry guys i'm still a little getting over i had covid right before christmas so uh, i got this kind of lingering cough so i'm not contagious not that anybody can catch it through the internet but uh that's why i keep coughing here and there but anyway so that's my number three chippendale rescue rangers who knew i not me but yeah i loved it i really enjoyed it as well it was a breath of fresh air it was a lot better than i thought it was going to be probably that had any right to be but it's it's uh it's almost like a sequel a distant sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit as well, set in that yes, same universe. Yes, yes, very much so, yeah. yeah. But I can, I can imagine, I've only seen it the once, I can imagine watching it again would be really good because there were so many jokes in the background, things, lots of billboards and adverts playing. Yeah. And That's what like I found. That. I caught a lot more of the jokes the second time around once you kind of knew what to expect and you could kind of pick up some of those these throwaway lines or background characters or things like the billboards and stuff. And so I just I caught even more the second time around and I was hysterical. It was great. It wasn't it like a Ben Affleck's Batman versus E.T. or something? Yes, like that. yes, yes, yeah. yes. Fantastic. But yeah, lots of jokes, but I, I enjoyed that. Didn't make my list, but uh, yeah, it's it's well worth a, a watch. It probably would have been great. I mean, on the cinema, I think if that had, came, if that had come out in maybe the the early 2000s or something i think that would have been huge yeah yeah for yeah, sure yeah. okay well my number two is one that mike's already mentioned <laughs> it's not chippendale rescue rangers okay. uh, it is the batman very uh, good very i good. really i really enjoy this like you i i knew robert pattinson was going to be really good in the role because since the uh twilight films he's his choice of roles has shown his range it's huge uh, I was still surprised when he was announced, I, I will admit, but uh, he's great as a Bruce Wayne who doesn't realize the benefits of being Bruce Wayne with regards to Batman, mm -hmm. uh, which I liked as well. Some people seem to miss that where they just go, oh, he's just sitting in the cave all day, he's emo Batman, and it's, he's emo Bruce Wayne. I'm going, yeah, because we're seeing the growth of Batman realizing that Bruce Wayne is a good mask. He just hasn't realized it yet. Uh, I like the whole look of Gotham. As you said, as mentioned as well, that the, we saw more of the detective elements, which were great. I also like the bits where Batman near the start as well, when he's going into the crime scene, there's all the police around and he's wearing the suit. You can see, I think it's the way Pattinson acts it as well. He's, you know, he's, he's wearing the suit, but you can, I don't want to say micro expressions, but there's little things where you go and you can, you know, he's real. He's going, am I pulling this off? Right. You can almost see there's little bits, there's tiny little moments of him going, where he's almost embarrassed by it, but he's sort of going, "No, I'm I'm the Batman. Yeah. I want to do this." It's very much. It's it's not a year. He's been going for a year, hasn't he? In the in the film, I think it's but like it's year still, two. Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, he's still he's still he's still learning how to be the Batman. Uh, I loved I loved it. It was it's a long film, but I've seen it about two or three times now, and I've enjoyed it every time. As you said, there were some things that didn't quite work, but it's on the whole, it was almost like a. I, I look at it as well. It's almost like uh, it could have been another story set in Christopher Nolan's mm. Batman film, maybe a sequel after. I think it's the way I look at it in my head canon. It's Batman Begins, the Batman, then we're going to the Dark Knight. That's the way it seems mm. to fit. Right, right, right. I loved all the technology used. I loved 
the Batmobile, especially when it first appears, that screeching sound in the cinema when that started, I was looking over my shoulder going, what the hell is that? <laughs> uh, Colin Farrell again, an incredible role. If you didn't know Colin Farrell was in it, you'd be going... Yeah, people yeah. now might, might well be going, "What? Colin Farrell was in it? I didn't know that." Right. Well, he's his peng, the penguin with the makeup is just incre incredible. Uh, Paul Dana was the Riddler's great. Mm -hmm. Oh, everybody involved is just superb. I just love this the way the way it was shot, the way the action scenes took place, the the heavy footsteps of the Batman as he's coming out of the shadows. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing more films of Robert Pattinson's The Batman. Uh, Rumor is it it could be Mr. Freeze in the sequel, which would be good. Oh uh, yeah. As long as he's as good as Arnold's version. <laughs> no, no, don't do don't use that as a reference. But yeah, right. that's two. There you go. So the first film of our list to make it to both of our lists. And possibly no. Well, maybe the last, maybe not. We'll see. Um I, I can't I can't say anything yet, but very good choice. I'm glad. I, I'm not surprised. I had a feeling it was going to end up higher on your list than on mine. Again, I really liked it. I just found that, honestly, outside of my top three, which I had locked in pretty early, most of the rest of my choices, I probably could have jumbled the order up and reversed them or whatever, and it would have been I, – I enjoyed most of the rest of the films pretty equally. They're all all great, you know, so – Sometimes yeah. it's just where you feel it at the moment, you know. Yeah, that's. I mean, I was, I, I was surprised that it was as high as it was to begin with, but then I kept going, but no. I was going, should I learn it? I was going, no, that's right. that's where it should be. Yeah, sounds good. All right, well, my number two then um, is, uh, I don't know if it'll be surprising or not. I'm not really sure. I think I've seen what people think about it as a as kind of the whole, and it seems like there's a fairly prevailing opinion. But uh, my number two is Avatar, The Way of Water. Um, you know, I... I rewatched Avatar before this came out with my daughter because she wanted to see the new one and we wanted to see the first one first. We were all set to go see it like the day, you know, like the second day it was in theaters and then I got COVID and I had to wait a couple of weeks to go see um, Avatar. And and from what I saw, I tried to avoid it. I didn't see any spoilers or anything, but for most of what I saw online, people were commenting that, oh, Avatar looks beautiful, but it's too long and the story is kind of, you know, meh or whatever. That seemed to be a very, very common opinion that I heard yeah, from a lot yeah. of people. Um, and I don't know why that wasn't my experience, to be honest with you. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I, I enjoyed the entire experience. I know it's three hours and 12 minutes long. And I, again, I really don't think most movies deserve to be three hours. And yet there's two of them on my list. Um, you know, the Batman and this one. But I thought it was phenomenal. I thought, it, I mean, for okay, it looks amazing. And, and duh, right? Like that's not, a, I'm not making a bold statement here. But I, honestly... I was blown away by just how immersive James Cameron can make this world and and just by how incredible it looks. Like it doesn't just look great. It looks like stunning. You know, yeah, every yeah. scene is like stunning. And then, you know, I thought he did good because it's been 13 years since the original. So it's like, okay, these characters have aged. I mean, and, you know, and they're all CGI. So he could have just had them be the same age. But no, instead they have kids and there's a whole family thing. And there's this, you know, kind of sequel subplot with some returning characters and things like that. And then like... You know, I just, uh, it was, I just really enjoyed it. And there's some things that I, that I liked. That I think people don't really pick up on. And, I, and again, I don't want to spoil anything, but like, for example, in the original movie, it's all about like this technology coming into the forest, right? And these forest people fighting off this technology. And, and then in this movie, it's kind of like the forest people going to the technology, right? It's like the forest people are fighting on these big technological ships and stuff. And I, I thought the, the way that, that juxtaposition of sort of making it the opposite of the first film 
was yeah. but like a parallel, but opposite was so incredible to me. And I don't know if, like I said, I'm not saying people didn't pick up on, I'm not saying people aren't smart or whatever like that. I'm just saying like, I don't usually think about films that way, but as I was watching, I was like, Oh, it's brilliant. He like reversed it and, and is paralleling. And like, I just, I don't know. I was blown away by it. I thought it was phenomenal. I, I loved it. I thought the characters were, were all really good. The new characters were great. I mean, the whale character was great. There's a whale that you're like, that's awesome. You know, um, I just, I was blown away by it. I honestly was. I thought it was phenomenal. And I'm all in on Avatar now. Like the first film when it first came out, I remember I watched it. I was like, yeah, that was really good. And I didn't watch it again until a couple months ago. Um, it was just never one of those movies I went back to. You know, I think a lot of people kind of had that experience with it. Although the, the box office grosses of the new one sort of clearly say that people want more of this. But now I'm like, I'm all in. I'm like, yep, I'm an Avatar fan. Give me all those four sequels. I'll take them as soon as I can get them. I'm going to rewatch these movies like I am. I'm in like James Cameron. Shocking. I know he made a good film, um, but <laughs> he's been one of my favorite directors since I was you know, a kid. He remains now. I wish he would make more movies because it makes me nuts that he does one like every 10 years. But um, it, 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 he'd won me over again. And I am just he's got me now. I'm, I'm, I'm an avatar. I'm all in. Take my money. Yeah, I've seen the film. I enjoyed it. Looks stunning. I, it's basically, though, it's the same. All the criticisms I've seen. Uh, pretty much what the first one had going. It looks amazing. Uh, the stories, but the story's not very good. I felt the story was a bit better in this one. It's it's a very simple story. It's all about family. I like mm -hmm. the fact it was about family, though. Uh, but it's a simple story, which then means you can just you can just look. It does it that. I think it's a deliberate choice of having a simple story. So then you just you, it's easy to comprehend what's going on. So then you can just mm -hmm. Uh, bask in the visuals, which are, yep. as you say, totally stunning. There's times where you go, I know it's CG, I know it's motion capture, or I think it's Cameron calls it, he says, performance capture, mm -hmm. uh, which is good, but you're still going, well, how did he do it? You see the hands and the wrinkles on the hands and the leather straps they're using, and you're going, where does that start? Where does it end? It's just yeah. melded. So, well, when there are humans involved, you're going, well, what's... You just spend all the time going, what? How? How do they do this? It's it does look amazing. I didn't it didn't make my list, uh, but it's 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 not the I would it's not the worst movie in the world. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where the story goes now. I saw an interview with Cameron where he's saying these first two films are basically world building, setting up the stage, and he says the story proper hasn't actually started yet, and that's going to be you know Which and you go and. I know it's games. It sounds like hyperbole or something that like you're like, yeah, yeah, fine, sure, I'm sure. But then you know it's like James Cameron, and you're like, well, yeah. he might not be kidding. You know what I mean? Like that might not just be saying it. It's probably true because he's phenomenal. And uh, uh, minus minus spoilers ahead for the film, though. I was surprised to see James Cameron do a film which involved people stuck on a sinking ship. Yeah, I did, I did, I <laughs> I was a little bit like, wow, he really likes the water stuff because he did the yeah, abyss. Yeah. He did Titanic, I and I did think that there was some some echoes of Titanic in there. But uh, you know, that's there was that's... a nice there was a nice little uh, reference to uh, aliens. I think it even used the same scream that Newt did. There's a bit where somebody gets swept away down a hole. But uh, I, right. I thought that was a nice little nod to aliens. Uh -huh. But I, I also think because of the abyss and the other on the Titanic and stuff, I think James Cameron obviously does like the water because the whole he's, he has gone down to the the, yeah, the yeah, Titanic yeah, side. Yeah. But I yeah. think as well he was going listen. He does these things as well to show the film industry saying, look, you can do this now. Right. It's basically said, let's do this because the problems he had filming The Abyss. Yeah, yeah. Apparently the Blu-ray for The Abyss is coming out this year. Oh, my God, finally. But uh, I think he's, 
I think he probably did it as well to say, listen, we can do this now, and it's a lot more comfortable for the actors. Right. Uh, but it's it is stunning. The fact they did use the wars is a which could have been a big gamble, but he's he's done it well. And I do I am I am looking forward to seeing the other films because I wasn't really looking forward to seeing this new film. Yeah. Then I went and saw it and went, oh no, I enjoyed that. Let's yeah. uh, let's see what happens next. You know. I wonder if the reason I liked it more than a lot of other people is because it actually echoes one of my other favorite film series, right? Because it's all about family or should I say family? family. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the fast and the furious just on a different world. Okay. That's not accurate at all, but there is a heavy people in. I I do. I do think some of the people we've seen are going to end up being anyway. Yeah. 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 All right. Anyway. All right. So that was my number two. All right. Now it comes down to our number ones. I know they're not going to be the same. Don't ask me how I know. I just, (laughs) but I'm very curious to hear what yours is then. So it's not Avatar. I know that. So what do you got, Phil? My number one is one that surprised me at being number one. Okay. Because it's a, it's a bleak, depressing Mm. film, which shows the horrors of war. It is uh, all quiet on the Western front. Oh, Okay. The, uh, the new version, it's uh, based on the 1929 novel of the same name. It's been adapted for film a few times, but this one is directed by Edward Berger. Uh, it's an anti-war film. It's set in the closing days of World War One, following a small group of soldiers in the German army uh, who are all idealistic, thinking we go to war, it's going to be a glorious, amazing f- thing. But then when they get there, they quickly realize it is not. You do see the horrors of war, but you also see some incredibly beautiful scenes uh, like the quiet moments where they're just having something to eat and the, the frost on the trees and around them where they're going to st- steal a goose from a farm and they get chased there are some little moments of levity not many but there <laughs> are some there but it's it's just i watched it with my dad one one weekend because it was i think i had a limited cinematic release i wish i'd seen it on the cinema to be honest it would look amazing on the big screen but i sat and watched it with my dad uh, and we both enjoyed it. Uh, it's, I know it's it's hard. It's, it always seems weird when you you enjoy something which does show the horrors of of right. what people really went through. Right. But it's it's done so well. You it tells it tells the story. Well, it, sorry, it shows the facts and weaves them into the tale involving these these soldiers. You're there with them. It's a bit like uh, it's a good companion, I think, to 1917. Mm, right. Uh, but it's told from the other side as well. But I enjoyed this more than I did 1917. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 probably one of those ones that everybody should watch because right. you know otherwise, if you forget what mm-hmm. the history, you're doomed to repeat it and all that. Yep. But it's yep. it's definitely it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, it's it can be a hard watch, but there are some moments. There's some of the scenes and the scenery. There are some moments of absolutely beautiful uh, cinematography and some amazing performances by all involved, but that's all quite on the Western front, which is probably still on Netflix. I believe so. Um, All right. Well, I have not seen it, so I cannot comment except to say that my probably least favorite genre of movie is bleak. Uh, It is one of the things that turns me off from a film very quickly. Uh, Not saying that I, that's why I didn't watch it. It's on my list. I just, it is one of those ones where I'm like, Oh, this is going to be heavy. And I I just like bleak films are really tough for me. Uh, So I'll get around to it, but it's certainly, I have to, be in the right mindset for it. So yeah, it's, it's not it's not quite as I mean I say bleak. I mean because you know what's involved. It's yeah. not as bleak as some uh, war movies like uh, Come and See and mm-hmm. other ones like that. But it's uh, 
it's it's probably like I mentioned before with the, another film. It's probably a bit more accessible than some of those others. It's subtitled, obviously, but it's uh, I do feel it's it's worth watching. Even you might you got it's one of those ones you've got to be in the right mood for it though. Right, yeah. right. All right. Okay, okay. here we go. What's your well, number one? My number one has already appeared on your <sighs> list. So uh, just a bit of overlap, but this is one of our most diverse lists, I think. Yeah. Ever had, but, yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing. The minute I saw this movie, I knew it was going to be my number one for the year. And it was only halfway through the year when it came out. And I said, that is, unless something comes out that really blows this away, it's gonna be my number one film of the year. I watched it three times this year, twice in theaters. Um, and on, I, I mean, I'm not saying I wasn't open to other films taking its place, but nothing even came close. Uh, and it is Top Gun Maverick hands down my favorite movie of the year probably my favorite movie of the last 10 years um it's not just good it is not just great it is stunningly good um it, 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 thank you yes i mean that's that thing that's i wish i should have thought to bring some of mine but i didn't but um Oops. it's honestly to me it is a perfect movie and i say that about a handful of films not so i'll never say it but like there is literally not one bad scene in that movie um in a perfect world, I think Tom Cruise should get nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor. I know people are probably like rolling their eyes at, at it, but, <laughs> but hear me out. I think it should get nominated for Best Film because what doesn't it have? That's my question, right? It's it's an action movie, but it's not an action movie, a traditional one, where it's, it's all action the whole time. There's a lot more. It's not yeah. really overwhelmingly action-y, right? It's got drama, it's got pathos, it's got humor, it's got a, a realistically strong storyline about um, sort of like, uh, not quite parenthood, but sort of like living up to other people and trying to repair a relationship, right? Two relationships, really. Um, it has action, it's gorgeously filmed, the cinematography is amazing, right? It's got all the things that are supposed to be what great films are about, that Oscar films are supposed to be about, right? It's got amazing performances. I mean, Tom Cruise's performance. And again, I know people think it's like, oh, it's just Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise. But if you watch his performance, like really watch it. It's really impressive. The things that he he portrays with his face, like when he's looking at, at, at Rooster and, the, and there are scenes in between and, and when he's talking to Iceman and, and all of this stuff, like it is not just Tom Cruise playing the cocky pilot. Like he... he yeah is wearing a lot on his face and his body in that performance. And I think it's phenomenal. And I think the movie is just, again, it's an, it's an incredible script, right? The dialogue is great. The characters are, are real and they go through real things. There's real drama in it. There's great action. The cinematography is phenomenal. And I, like I said, to me, if that's not what the Oscars are about, then why are we doing it? You know what I mean? I know it's not really because they like these, you know, films about sad people and stuff like that. But yeah. like, this to yeah. me represents the pinnacle of, of great filmmaking, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm really thrilled that Joseph Kaczynski directed it because he's somebody I've been watching for a while. He did the Tron legacy, which I absolutely loved. Um, and then he did oblivion also with Tom Cruise, which I think is a highly underrated Tom Cruise movie. Uh, then he made only the strong, which is a firefighter drama. That's pretty good, but it wasn't great. Great. And I was kind of like, Oh, uh, you know, is this maybe, is he not, is he falling off a little bit? And then bam, Tom, top, uh, top gun Maverick, which is just, uh, I like I said, I've watched it three times already. I'll probably watch it a few more this year. I, I think it's just perfect. It's a perfect film. Uh, and I don't care if people agree with me or not, or if they think I'm overestimating it, you will never convince me that Top Gun Maverick is not a phenomenal movie. And I'm not 
a Top Gun fanboy. Like, I like yeah. Top Gun. It's a great 80s film. I enjoyed it when it came out. I've seen it a couple times over the years. It's not one of, like, I don't list it in all my favorite 80s movies. Like, I do things like, you know, Big Trouble in Little China and Aliens and Back to the Future. Like, it's not on that level for me, you know? It's like a fun 80s movie. And I watched it again not that long ago after Maverick came out, and I think Maverick is by far the better film. Um, I know that Top Gun itself is more iconic, um, and it's got, you know, the, the, the songs and all that but i think that as far as actual films go maverick hands down the better movie so it's not just oh i love top gun and so i love this movie I, it blew me away completely yeah. a good pick well it, it made both our top three so yes uh, shows. yes i agree with everything you said it's uh it's a great film it's it's it's, it's just it's got an action it's got everything it's a good action oh, well film yeah. you say it's just and it's just so good to see uh with a i mean a and a nice crowded cinema as well. Yeah, I saw it, I saw it twice in theaters and it is like nothing else. Man, those those plane fighting scenes in the theater are just like a thing of amazement. Yeah. Uh, on the edge of your seats when you're watching those. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So that is our top 10 films of 2022. I'm I'm very pleased with our lists, Phil. I like that we only had a couple of overlaps, but I yeah, think really good. Nice lists. Really good. It was a good strong year for films. Really a great year. Um, all right, so I want to quickly mention some some honorable mentions. I know you've got a couple as well. Um, just yeah. real quick, because we're, we're it's a pretty long episode, but that's okay. It's a special episode, but I don't want to take too much time. Um, I mentioned the menu uh, that made my honorable mentions, and everything everywhere all at once was an honorable mention. Um, a couple other movies that I really enjoyed that just didn't fit on the on the list. Um, the Woman King, really good. Um, Bullet Train, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. The Adam Project with uh, Ryan Reynolds, a fun oh, yeah, science yeah. fiction action comedy. Um, the Three Five Five, a uh, bunch of like a superstar international women superstars playing spies and kicking ass. Just a great action film that I, I was surprised by. Um, and then the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring my good friend Nicolas Cage, is a really fun meta. Thing where he plays himself and there's a lot of great in jokes about him it's not a great 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 film um it's a little too long but it's really fun if you haven't seen it just like just watching him play himself and going through these all these things and looking and making jokes about his movies and his career and, and there's so many like in references it's it's definitely worth at least a watch so there you go those are mine what about you good stuff well the unbearable weight of massive talent yeah because it's just it's a lot of fun if you like nick cage or well, even or if you don't one, yeah he'll You'll, you'll like it, yeah. It's good yeah. good fun, weather watch. Bullet Train, I just enjoyed it. It was very silly, but uh, some good good fights, uh, good story, good characters. There were also some uh, three horror movies, which I quite liked. Okay. Uh, there was Barbarian, yep. which uh, uh, knows as little as possible when you watch it, but it goes to dark places. There was X, uh, Ty West's yeah. grainy... Uh, <laughs> uh, not a fan. Riff on the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And there was also one glorious directed by Rebecca McKendry, which hmm. stars uh, Ryan Quantin and oh. uh, the guy who plays J.J. Jameson. Uh, J.K. Uh, Simmons. J.K. Simmons, yeah. yeah. But it's by the guy who stops in a rest stop in the uh, in the U.S. And he goes to the toilet there and there's a glory hole there. But and somebody, J.K. Simmons, his voice comes out of the glory hole, starts talking to him. And it's basically a Lovecraftian horror comedy, uh, all mainly all set in this restroom. And it's a bizarre trip of a film, but it's worth checking out. Oh, and I also like the documentary Senior by Robert Downey Jr. and his father, Robert Downey. That's worth checking out. That last one's on Netflix if you want to watch that. There you go. All right. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, 
Now, for those of you guys who are watching and are listening, hopefully you have a whole bunch of stuff now to add to your queues or your DVD or Blu-ray or 4K buying lists. Um, and, you know, maybe you got some thoughts on those films, but hopefully we gave you some things to check out. Maybe a few movies. I'm sure most of you seen Top Gun and Avatar, but things like, uh, you know, Fall and the, the Dirt movie that you mentioned, something in the dirt, things like that. You know, hopefully you guys will discover something new that you'll enjoy as well. Yeah. And All let right, us know right. films that you saw that we didn't mention. Yeah, maybe films which you feel need more, uh, more people to see. Uh, right, and we can play Phil predicts Mike's opinion because I've probably seen it because I watched a yep. lot of movies yep. last year. Um, all right, so before we go, we do want to again we skipped our ending for the episode, but uh, we do wanted to share some quick recommendations for you guys just as a little palate cleanser. Um, so uh, Phil, do you want me to go first since you went first on the? Yeah, uh, you go first on this one. All right, so this is a. I have two things, but it's really one thing. Okay. But, but it's also two things. Um, so first is this book here called Taking Shape, Developing Halloween from Script to Screen. I was so um, you mentioned this. Yes. So it's absolutely phenomenal. And what it is, so it's an unauthorized book, but it's written the way it's, it's so well written and researched that you wouldn't think it's unauthorized. Um, it, Here's the thing. It's not just the first movie. It's all of the movies up through the up through the last Halloween, the first of the current trilogy, because it came out in 2020. And basically what it does, though, it's not a making of book per se, although it is. But it's not just like, oh, here's how the films were made. There's some of that stuff, too. But what it does is it takes a look at every original treatment for those for all of the films. And oh, then wow. it looks at like the alternate cuts of the films and it tells you everything about like what's different. And it even goes into things like, hey, here's the stuff that was in the novel of the movie that wasn't in the movie. Right. And here are the scenes that were written, but then were taken out. And here are the scenes that were filmed, but then deleted. And here is a story treatment that was uh, done for Halloween six, but then never got used. And so it's all about like kind of the the world building of Halloween. And it, it's a really great critical look at the films, the making of, the stories, how they got developed. It tells a lot of great anecdotes, has interviews with a lot of the writers and directors and stuff. It's about 350 pages. I got it for Christmas. I started reading on Christmas Day. I think I finished about three days later because I could not put it down. It's like a page turner, right? Oh, now, awesome. That now, sounds really here, good. here's where it gets better. Okay. Taking Shape 2. Okay, now this one I just got yesterday because I love the first one so much. Now, I haven't read that much of this. So what is this one, you ask? Well, this one, okay, explores 24 different Halloween sequel ideas that were developed but never made. 24. So, 24. And it's not just like, oh, somebody once talked about this. These are like movies that were like treatments were written for them. They were in development you know, at some point, they may not have had a full script, but they had like, a, you know, a, a, you know, like a multi-page treatment for it that tells yeah, yeah. the entire story and the same format where it goes into them. Um, it it uh, interviews the filmmakers and it tells you what all these stories are about. There's things like a, there was going to be a crossover with Hellraiser. There was going to be a 3D sequel. There was going to be a multiverse, a Halloween multiverse. Like it tells you about all of these Halloween oh, sequels. No that were developed and then abandoned. And I this one I've only just started a little bit. It's already riveting like the first one was. And this one's just shy of 600 pages because it goes into 24 different films. And I could not be more excited to be reading it. So it's a two-book set. They are available online. I'm not sure if you can find them in too many bookstores because it's an independent. I mean, it's not an independent. It has a publisher that does like a lot of these film type of making of books, but they're not like, you know, it's not like 
you know, Putnam or Gideon or whatever the big yeah, publishers yeah. are. So you may have to get it online, but man, if you're a Halloween fan, like I am, I mean, I'm a diehard. I, I love every Halloween movie just about, except for the two that don't exist, the Rob Zombie ones. Um, although they're included too. Um, <laughs> if you're a fan of the franchise, I, I literally cannot recommend these highly enough. So taking shape, taking shape too. Those are my recommendations and they're relatively affordable for big chunky chunky books. They're actually pretty cheap. I probably because okay. they're more independent, but they're under $30 each. So. Well, that first one sounds really good. And the second one sounds like it's one where you're going to read through it going, why didn't they make this one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be, I think it'll be uh, fun. I'm, I'm excited. So those are my recommendations. What do you got? Cool. Okay. I've got two books as well. Uh, the first one is, uh, I'm late to the party on this author, but it's uh, by Brandon Sanderson. It's mm. the way of Kings, the Stormlight archive book one. So this is the way of Kings part one, because he writes some big thick books, but it's this one. Wow. I'd heard. I'd heard good things about him. I mean, he's he just he's a a beast of a writer. He just keeps writing and writing. But he's a, it's I can see why people like him. He's a master storyteller. Uh, the world he set up is interesting, incredible. Good magic system, great characters, lots of weird names. But the way he writes it, you soon remember what they are when they're brought up. It's it's uh, it's so easy to get sucked into it. It's a good read. It's uh, over five hundred. It's almost 600 pages, the first part one of the right. first book. Uh, but it's it's a page turner. I've just it's been great just getting lost in a fantasy book again. It's been a while since I've done that. Oh. I'm looking forward to reading the rest, but it, there are a lot of them. This yeah. is the Stormlight Archive. He the there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven books in the series, I believe. Wow. And it's all part of his Cosmere universe, because then there's other ones, but I am so glad I started reading it. I've really enjoyed it. The second one is a, a graphic novel I was sent by Titan Ooh. Comics. It's a comic cool. book adaptation of The Man Who Fell to Earth, or an adaptation of the David Bowie film directed by Nicholas Rogue. It's uh, really well done. Uh, lovely art within. Tells mm, the story yeah. extremely well. Probably if you've watched the film and you weren't quite sure what was going on, this could be a good one. It made me appreciate the film more, I think reading through it uh, but even better is the last it has a couple of pages about how they did you know scripted the comic and things but then at the back it's got how they made the film with loads of behind the scenes images oh, yeah. which is just it's if you're a fan of the film it's well worth getting just for that that's very cool yeah, i love stuff but, like that uh, and it's got loads and loads of pictures uh that's i believe it's out now but it's uh the man who fell to earth from titan comics i highly recommend that very good all right i like it okay so those are our recommendations so now you've got some stuff to read in addition to some movies to watch so hopefully we've given you guys plenty to chew on um but we are past our allotted time although really that doesn't matter because it's our own show and lest i forget to remind you we are the most unpredictable show on the internet so you thought we we're gonna go an hour surprise we went an hour and 40 minutes <laughs> Ah, <laughs> um, but that is going to start to wrap us up. Phil, any parting thoughts on the state of movies 2022 or anything at all? Uh, it was a good year for film in 2022. I hope 2023 is at least half as good. And I look forward to checking out lots of the films. My plan is, like you did last year, I want to try and see 365 films oh, okay. one day if possible. I'm yeah. already, I've already seen 13. Okay. And at the time of recording, we are on... It's the 10th of January, so... Yeah. No, it's the 11th of January, sorry, my mistake. No, it's no, the 10th. 10th. It's the 10th. 
We started recording at the 10th over here in the UK. Oh, there you go. Right, right, right. Yeah. I got confused there. Yeah, so uh, I'm already ahead of the game. Nice. About films. We'll you may come to out. regret this around October, November. Just telling you. Is that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a bit daunting after a while because you sort of start to get like, I have to watch a movie. Um, but yeah. I, I kind I of had... Surprised. Go ahead. I'm not going to be surprised if I don't make it, but so far it's uh, good. Yeah, no, it's 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 a fun challenge to try at least, even if you don't make it. Uh, here's what I'll say though: I have had a definitely a bit of like a a movie hangover because now it's January 10th and I've watched two films so far. <laughs> I was so like just burning, and even once I hit 365, like I just couldn't stop because I was like, well, how many more can I get in before the end of the year? So now that it's like now that I once you know January 1st hit, I was like, I'm just I mean I'll watch some movies and I'm planning on watching more, but I just like haven't been rushing i'm like yeah two's good i'm gonna probably watch another one there's one i want to see tonight but uh yeah it's um you know so we'll i'll be very curious to see how you do on your journey but all right well that is gonna wrap us up then uh this was great uh i had a lot of fun and uh, your list was terrific so uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it uh but yeah we'll be back in the usual couple of weeks we'll be back to our regular format with uh another after the ending and a top five list but until that time uh thank you very much for watching thanks for listening Happy New Year to everybody a little bit late. Um, and uh, here's to a great 2023 in movies. So, uh, as always, I am Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we will see you next time. After the ending.